It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Pleasant good morning to everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, I want to apologize, starting a uh, little late uh, on today's show, but we will have a full allotment of time. That's a a two-hour show. Of course, I'm Carlos Brown, joined by guest co-host, once again, Charles Edmund. Charles, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. You know, it's like um, football, basketball game. A lot of times you got to make an adjustment. And uh, that's what we had to do uh, for the second week in a row. But we're here. And uh, it's always a pleasure to uh, join everyone and uh, talk a little bit of uh, sports, sports talk. Um, I guess the menu looks like this, Charles. Of course, you, Charles Edmund, uh, joining us for today's show. Uh, very special guest will be Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University. Uh, right now, going on on campus, a national alumni conference. So he has graciously agreed to uh, give us uh, some time. So he's he's a busy guy. So we appreciate him uh, joining uh, the Carlos Brown Show. This week's edition, uh, following Coach Dooley will be Kyle Mosley, Sports Illustrated. He does uh, some New Orleans Saints coverage, the Pelicans, HBCU legends. He does a little bit of everything, so we appreciate his time. He'll join us on, on the show. Here's simply what's trending on today's show, some news and notes. Uh, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference their predicted order of finish, it's out. 
South Carolina State, number one, predicted to finish number one. Number two, North Carolina Central. Number three, Norfolk State. Number four, Delaware State. Fifth, Howard and Morgan State rounding out uh, the predicted order of finish. That is in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. And Charles, just quite simply, uh, it's going to be an interesting race. South Carolina State, much success uh, last season. And they're just known, Coach Buddy Pugh, a tough physical football team. And they were able to defeat Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. So if you look at it, uh, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference has had the SWAC's number football, whether it's the Celebration Bowl, uh, one victory, and that's by Grambling State, 10-9 over North Carolina Central, and then the SWAC MIAC Challenge. The MIAC has had the upper hand. And even if you go back to last year, uh, North Carolina Central uh, defeated, a, in my opinion, a heavily favorite Alcorn State in the SWAC MIAC Challenge. So I know when you look at the conference and people think how long uh, will they stay at six uh, teams for as, you know, football playing teams, uh, what does the future hold? Uh, the commissioner of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, she gave a state of uh, the MIAC address, and, and they're not going to be in any hurry, if I paraphrase it, uh, to uh, – explore having more institutions join uh, the conference. But back to football, Coach Pugh, Buddy Pugh, a tremendous coach, and and it's going to be an opportunity to see if they're able to uh, win it all and, and get back to the celebration bowl. Uh, Charles, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, as I stated earlier, they have had the upper hand against the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and Dr. McClellan states that he would like for that to change and change very soon. Yep, it, it would. We all would. I mean, you would, I would. I've been a part of the Celebration Bowls, and you happen to bring up the painful memories of Atlanta last year in the Swag Act Challenge, in which we lost to North Carolina Central in one of the biggest upsets that we've seen. Um, I, I think for the Celebration Bowl, considering the calendar, I think if you look at preparation, I think the MEAC has the upper hand because they don't have a championship game. Whereas you've got your regular season ending uh, right before Thanksgiving, and then in a couple of weeks you've got your championship game, whether you're hosting or playing on the road, and then two weeks after that you've got the Celebration Bowl. Now, is that an excuse? Probably. Is it a justified excuse? Probably. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, they do have the upper hand, but you know, will it change? I think I think it will. I think if you look at the SWAC, if you look at the teams in this league that are improving, Southern definitely is improved. We'll see if uh, Alabama State can get it done with Eddie Robinson Jr. and the SWAC MIAC Challenge coming up uh, in 2022. And you know, who knows? I mean, I think well, for right now, I think the MIAC has the upper hand, and I think that trend could possibly continue unless we just happen to play better on that one day in Atlanta. And in the Celebration Bowl, I just think the Celebration Bowl is more of a preparation factor. The grind of a championship game two weeks prior and then most likely your number one rival prior to that, that's tough. That That's a tough grind. Isn't it an excuse? Yeah, it is. But that's just, I think that's just a small part of 
of the issues, especially in celebration. Well, you know, Charles, I, <laughs> and it's interesting, uh, the conversations that has been brought up before, but just my personal opinion, uh, you could use it as an excuse, but I wouldn't um, because you, you look at the grind of a season and yeah, they have a, a, what, a month off. But, you know, I think the average fan supporter, they're going to look at that and say, well, OK, so so what? We've got to get in there and get uh, some victories and have some success and um, we'll see what happens this year. You know, there are a lot of predictions, and predictions are fun. Uh, we've done uh, predictions here at the Black College Sports Network. You have the predicted order of finish. Um, it's good for conversation pieces. But at the end of the day, I like to look back, compare and contrast. What did you say in the beginning? What was the prediction? What did the prognosticators say? And a lot of times, hey, you, you, you're way off. Sometimes you're spot on. But, you know, you can come back and see how close you were. Did you nail it? Um, there's other factors, adversity, injuries that happen throughout the season. Uh, you, you hope you, you don't have too many injuries, impactful injuries. But at the end of the day, the Southwestern Athletic Conference has, has, to, has to do better. But duly noted what you talked about as far as, you know, the MEAC having some downtime a month compared to the Southwest Athletic Conference, going through the grinds, playing a, a, a SWAC football championship. It'll be interesting to see how all of it works out. But the predicted order finish in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, South Carolina State is picked to make it through the gamut and get it done. Also, last week didn't really talk about it as much, but dated uh, July 22nd, the SWAC announces its 2022 ESPN football schedule. And I have a copy of it right here. Of course, it starts off um, because, what, in two days is August the 1st. So you look at very shortly, uh, Alabama State and Howard on ESPN. Can Alabama State under Coach Robinson get the conference off on a good start? <laughs> we just talked about it. Even in the SWAC yeah, challenge. The MIAC has had an upper hand. And look, I've, I've said that about five or six times already. So, with that being said, um, that that starts it off. Of course, you have Miles and Alabama State, September the third. Just kind of pick out some of the uh, uh, bigger games. Of course, Texas Southern and Prairie View and them on ESPN Plus. Um, Grambling State and Jackson State, September the seventeenth. That's uh, on ESPNU. So you see. Uh, a few more games on ESPNU, ESPN Plus. Now, um, as far as uh, Southern University, uh, of course, at Preview NM, that's going to be October the 8th, ESPN Plus. And the Southern Jackson State game um, to be announced October 29th. But uh, I got um, a release from Jackson State Sports Information Department or Athletic Department. And that game, at least from their, their uh, release, Jackson State put out, that's going to be a 1 p.m. game on October 29th. Um, I'm kind of shocked by that. But I was told that uh, Coach Sanders made a comment, college football is 
best play in the afternoon. But for those Jackson State alums and followers and Southern, you know the history of this football game. That game, in my humble opinion, is best played in October at nighttime, 6 p.m. You have all day to energize that crowd, and it doesn't have to have too much energy going into that ball game, but have to make an adjustment, even with the show. If it's a 1 p.m. game, that changes the dynamics as far as what you're doing before the game. Hey, but they'll still show up, Charles, but uh, uh, 1 p.m. game, but uh, to be announced, that, just my opinion, I would not be surprised if that game is on ESPN2. Hell, it could be ESPN. But uh, I'm going to make a, a bold prediction, ESPN2. But those are just, yeah. you know, some of the highlights. But you can go look at the uh, the, the whole 2022 ESPN uh, football schedule. Yeah, I, a game like that, my guess, because of the TBA and just my own uh, guess on this, is that they want to see how the standings shake out. And if that game has huge implications, the bigger the implications will determine where that game goes. And so if I, you know, I think right now it'll probably be on plus, but if Jackson's undefeated, if Southern's undefeated, that game could be bumped up to you or two. Um, So I I think that's, that could be what's in play there. Let's just see where the standings play out uh, and and see where, see where that goes. You know, for us, you know, I'm looking at our, uh, I'm looking at our schedule. You know, we got a Friday night game, Carlos. I think we play Prairie View, you know, on Friday. And I think that's going to be interesting, you know, as we as we roll down the line here. Uh, you know, you look at, down at the schedule, I, I don't have it pulled up, but I do know that that Prairie View all-court game at Prairie View is going to be on a Friday night. And I think they got three days in a row. I think a Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday game, if I'm not mistaken, from what I glanced at the schedule, uh, you got it there in front of you. Am I correct on that one? Is it a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday? What is that, in November? Yeah. It's the last, uh, first November in, uh, it's, it's the first Friday in November, and I think they might have a Thursday game, then a Friday game, I think a Saturday game. If I'm yeah, mistaken. November the 4th, Alcorn State at Purview A&M, ESPN, you. And, you know, yeah. Texas, Texas high school football is really huge. Really huge. And so a Friday night, and, um, you know, let's just be honest. Uh, maybe the Prairie View and them alums that are watching, they could tell me. Um, attendance has not always been uh, uh, a good thing to point out for as far as uh, Prairie View and them. So a Friday night, you know, you, you know, you got some variables there. You're going up against Texas high school football. And um, uh, that that's going to be interesting. That is going to be very interesting. Yeah, you know, Charlie Neal was at Media Day, and he he told me this 10 years ago about this, the whole ESPN dynamic and the changes that you have to make, like we're going to make when we play Prairie View on a Friday. And even though some of these games this year are going to be on some other platforms, you know, you have to make those adjustments if you want to continue to be on those platforms. So these type of adjustments – you know, do have to be made in order to keep the continuity in terms of where, where we are. So, you know, some games that might have been on a Saturday could be pushed to Thursday. 
And uh, we're playing Prairie View on a Friday, Friday, November 4th. That'll be a very, that will be a very interesting game to say the least, because then we've got Bethune the next Saturday and then Jackson State the following Saturday. That game right there, that's another one of those games where I said last year when we played Bethune, when I said it this time last year, I, I kind of held my breath. That's one right there. We got to put a circle around. All Cornet Prairie View on a Friday night. That will be a very, very intriguing game at that point in the schedule. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Good morning to uh, everyone who's uh, watching, uh, and that's also in the chat room. Uh, Rube had something interesting. 1 p.m. start is good for the road team. Won't have a juice home crowd. Well, Rube, I understand that. And, and you know, uh, talking to Coach Pete Richardson, uh, former head football coach at Southern, uh, Southern University, a legend and himself, an iconic figure, he told me once when you're playing road games, he did like an afternoon game. You know, you don't have to sit around all day till that night game. But I guess I'm thinking about the uh, the atmosphere, the crowd, and it'll still be juice. It'll still have electricity there. But just in my humble opinion, I just kind of wish it was a night game. But that's just me. I guess I'm being uh, selfish, but I'm, I'm still showing up <laughs> for the game. But um, just the magnitude of that game and, and, and if both teams are coming in with outstanding records, um, boy, you, 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 you don't need any more encouragement. It could very well play a, an important game as far as the standings and the, and the championship run in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. But hell, if if they don't have great records, it, it's just a magnitude when those two teams get together. It is electricity in in, in the air, and um, you got the tailgating going on Friday, Thursday, uh, coming up to that ball game. Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Wednesday the RVs <laughs> start pulling in. Um, you know, but to to your point, Rube, I I, I understand. I, I just like that particular game be played later in the evening. Now, now I know probably not October 29th, the temperature should be very mild. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I, you know, I appreciate Rube's comment on that and uh, others may feel the same way. You know, you're playing on the, it, it's a road game. You, you want to get to the action quick. Well, I will say this, Carlos, because, you know, we, we, we've been accustomed here at Alcorn to play our games at 2 o'clock. So you're talking about a big game like we're playing Jackson State, I believe, at 2 o'clock. So to your point, it, you, might not, you might like night games, but then now you're playing your big game at home at 1 o'clock. That means you're going to have to get up probably at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and try to beat that traffic because traffic is, you know, traffic's going to be right there and heavy before the sun comes up. So you're going to have to make those adjustments. If you've been partying all night, you might as well either stay up or, you know, get you a little bit of rest because you, you know how traffic is in and around the vet. It, it's not easy, especially as you get closer to kickoff. Parking will probably be sparse at best, and so you just got to make those adjustments. And it is different when you're used to playing that game at 6. I The last Southern Jackson game I attended – I know there was 50,000 people in that stadium three hours before kickoff before the bands rolled in. That's just the type of intensity that you have for a game like that. And it's probably going to be 50,000 people in the stadium at 9 o'clock in the morning. 
if I were to just to take a guess, people are going to get there early to try to beat the traffic and beat the crowd. So it, it'll be an exciting atmosphere, even though it'll be a lot earlier than most people would like. But um, uh, uh, interesting, uh, 2022 ESPN football schedule, ESPN Plus, uh, ESPN, ESPNU, they have games all across the ESPN family of channels. With that being said, one quick thing, uh, Trastity Totten named the first woman to be Tab men's basketball assistant coach with the lead, Mississippi Valley State, of course, head basketball coach George Ivory. She played basketball at UAPB, uh, GSU, uh, undergrad, sports administration. So I just wanted to mention that that is historic in itself. And so I, you know, I, I like the move. Look, if it was up to me, and this this is not controversial, what I'm about to say, women, I'm I'm at the point now, women. I'm ready for a woman president. I'm ready for a woman to run the government. They have proven in most cases to do a much efficient job. Even the budget director at the house that I'm at. Uh, <laughs> hey, kudos, kudos. But uh, that's that's historic in itself, Charles. I love it. I love When I read that, I was absolutely elated. And I know George Ivory, and, you know, he's doing some good things at Valley. I think he's going to improve that program tremendously. And that hire and that moment, Trasity Todd played at Mississippi Valley, a really good shooter. I think that's a really, really good move. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, to have that happen when it happens, I think it's terrific. So hats off to Mississippi Valley, Valley Athletics, and especially hats off to George Ivory for that move. And I think there'll be more to come. I, I don't think it's the end. And I think it's just the beginning throughout HBCU sports and especially uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. You know what? One day soon, maybe I'll have a woman guest co-host. Hey, that go look that go that goes for us in the media. We've got to do a do a better job. Got to do a better job, and I am. Uh, Guilty as charged on that as well. I um, want to take a quick time out. When I come back, I'll be joined by Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern University, getting ready to go uh, start his first fall camp as a head football coach at Southern University. Now, he's had experience uh, with Southern fall camp in the past, but as an assistant coach, now as the head coach. He'll join us next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Yeah. 
music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. Star Backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. World, what's happening? Rob Morgan here. Just letting you know, July 29th through the 31st, I'll be at Montgomery, Alabama, Urban NerdCon. Come on out, get something signed, take a photo. Say hello. Let's share some stories and create some memories. You know? So join us by visiting theurbannerdcon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. Theurbannerdcon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker upper. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you. At the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay Event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting theurbannerdcon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. Theurbannerdcon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. 
Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplified Development Services. Free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCU5.com. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College uh, Sports Network. We're going to make an, another adjustment. Uh, we're going to have Coach Dooley. We're going to switch him as a guest uh, with uh, Kyle Mosley, who you see. Uh, is up and ready to go. Kyle, good afternoon. How are you doing, sir? Well, first of all, it was great meeting you, Carlos. Great meeting you, Charles, in person, man. Uh, I think that was the highlight of my Swag Media Day, but we can go on and talk a little bit further. Oh. It's, it's great. It was great to meet you guys, really. And I'm honored. Yeah. Well, the, the, the same here. And, uh, there were a lot of uh, black college sports media there. It, it, it was a great event. And, and I've often uh, shared this. It's, it's always good to, to see your colleagues. And for uh, you, Kyle, it's the first time meeting you. So, um, yeah. you know, we've met via the show, but uh, in, in, in person. And uh, uh, what, what, what a, I, I would say a great event. Uh, you know, the uh, I thought it was kind of well. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, what What were your your specific things that you liked about uh, SWAC football media day? Well, um, besides meeting the colleagues, like you said, and that was the number one on my list of things to do to be able to meet you guys. I uh, had a chance to be able to meet with uh, um, those guys at game day, you know, Tolly Card. Well, I know I've met Tolly before, but Steven, I never had a chance to officially meet him. We've been in the same room together, been in the same press rooms together, but we never had a chance to really chop it up. And that was a, a pleasure there. You, uh, Charles is like a gentle giant, number one. Let's, let, if guys, y'all don't know, if you see Charles right there, you've got to see him in person. Charles must be like seven feet, 
you know, I, I'm I'm kidding, Charles. But but he's very tall. No, he's actually he's seven very, feet tall. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, seven feet tall, very nice, personable, loving. You know, he and uh, Keisha Kelly had a chance to chop it up there with those three. Uh, you know, as well as you, Carlos and and Brian, and getting to meet Brian in person. You know, I've seen Dr. Cavill. We've since we're in Houston together, we've talked and everything to that nature. But to see a lot of you guys in person, and it, it was just great to be able to do so. Because number one, a lot of people don't know this. Even though I haven't officially covered HBCU sports, I have always been a fan of what you guys have done from afar. Well, appreciate the uh, kind words and. Um, a lot of things besides information given out, uh, predicted order, finish, um, just the personalities, you know, the coaches. Um, there was, a, I think, a, a somewhat unofficial poll about wh- which coach was the best dress, which student <laughs> athletes were the uh, best dress. Uh, you know, Roland Martin was I, I there. Got, yeah, look, I got to tell you a, a quick story. Uh, so my tripod has a ball on it and the head. And I have it around mm-hmm. here somewhere. So I left it here <laughs> in Houston. Uh-oh. So I, I had the tripod body, but not that. So I had to go and run early in the morning to Walmart uh, through an Uber, got back in time, mm-hmm. and I was going upstairs on the same floor. I'm walking and I see this guy coming out of his room with this mustard gold suit on and Gremlin hat. And I realized, oh, that's Hugh Jackson. <laughs> so I said, hey, coach, what's going on? How you doing? And I'm looking mustard. at him like, yeah, it must, you know, it was a bright mustard gold, right? So, wow. and, and that was the first suit he had on. Remember, he changed three times. So that was the mm-hmm. first one. They did a little photo shoot. Then he had the black one. Then he went to his solid black main suit uh, with um, with a red shirt. But uh, I got a chance to see him firsthand coming out of the room. And I, and I kind of kicked myself because I was like, man, I should have taken a photo of him, right? But I was more <laughs> excited to see Hugh Jackson than uh, to really uh, say, let's take have a photo op here. So uh, being able to meet the coaches is always great. You know, a few of those guys I have already uh, met in uh, via interviews or things to that nature. So that wasn't a big deal. But those young men were very impressive. The players having a chance to be able to meet some of those guys like Andrew Body, Mark Evans, uh, the young man uh, Monterio Anderson from Texas Southern as well. Uh, the guys from uh, Southern University, the, the uh, I think Dallas Black, he was the mm-hmm. one that was pretty impressive as well. So, you know, just being able to have that opportunity to meet these young men who we will be covering this entire season was very good to, to have that uh, person-to-person interaction. And, and, you know, Charles and Kyle, uh, when they're on the main stage and, you know, when they're talking to the coaches and the players with Jay Walker – and uh, Tiffany Green, did did you guys get that the coaches kind of 
they know about expectations. Me and Charles have done a couple of segments and about who's under uh, the most pressure. Uh, but can we agree that all of them are under a certain amount of pressure? Because I think everybody upgraded their, their football program. You, you agree or disagree? I agree. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Charles, but I think when you look at from Texas Southern's standpoint, having a chance to speak to Coach McKinney, uh, he had, what, 50 freshmen, he said, that were playing last mm -hmm. season. So, you know, you have a, a year of maturation there. Then you look at Coach Dooley, and he and I were, and we were talking, I was like, you just were hijacking guys left and right from across the swag and through the portal. Uh, he upgraded his system, and, you know, he had uh, Dumas to leave, PB to follow him to Southern. So that's a, a, a big feather in his cap because we know what he can do. You know what uh, was it, Deion Jordan on the other side can do as well. So those two attacking uh, as pass rushers is going to really help Southern. And, of course, you know what Coach Prime and those guys at uh, Southern, I mean, uh, Jackson State are doing uh, as far as upgrading their system, having a chance to be able to meet Travis Hunter face-to-face very impressive young man, and hearing Deion Sanders said that at age 18, he's far beyond where he would, could ever have dreamt to be is it, pretty bold statements to be able to have. So uh, if you look at the SWAC as a whole, uh, I think even Alabama A&M is surprising that the confidence that uh, Coach had, especially after losing a queer glass, it makes you really say what's going on there as well. That's going to be – could there be a surprise team to be able to watch as well as Florida A&M? I just heard uh, a couple of interviews that they had in, from their fall practice, their first one, and Coach Simmons looks like he's pretty confident in the athletic abilities of this team and saying that they're better than they were last year. Think about it. That team was one point away from, well, tying or two points away from defeating Jackson State in the Orange Blossom Classic, and they went to the FCS playoffs. And I was there in Hammond to be able to watch them, but they fell uh, to SLU. But think about it. This is a pretty impressive team. So all in all, if you look at everybody in the swag, uh, east, west, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be competitive, <laughs> you, you know. And uh, I have to like my New Orleans native, uh, Mr. Eddie Robinson Jr., you know, just being able to hear how confident he's going to be going into the season. I don't know what his team is going to do, to do, but the confidence of each one of these coaches in their team seems to be evident. Well, you know, Charles, everyone's confident, but I have a feeling which team <laughs> that goes through some adversity, how will they adjust to that? Uh, could we say that Coach McNair at Alcorn State and Coach Simmons at FAMU picked to come in second? They're that good, especially if you look at the voting particularly between Alcorn and Southern. It was right there, a point differential as far as that. And then FAMU feeling, hey, we've 
we've updated our football team and we were two points away from winning it. Much is given, much is expected. Charles, what what about uh, uh, FAMU and Alcorn State and then Alabama and I mean, uh, Coach Maynard, always confident. But, you know, the big question is they were they had to upgrade their defense and they went through the through the, the portal to get that done. So it's a lot of underlining uh, issues, chemistry for all of the teams who mm-hmm. went through the transfer portal. That is something we'll have to see as the season goes along. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that point. The most important part, Kyle talked about the fashion, the fashion part of it, how these coaches look and how the players look. I saw one at the SWAC office and I came up with a suggestion. Why not have a red carpet special leading up to <laughs> leading up to the actual event? And I got a response and he's saying that's I like it. a good idea. It's something, I don't know whether it's going to go any further than that or not, but I, I mentioned it the other day and it's just like, why not? I mean, because you're seeing that these yeah. coaches are dressing, these players are dressing, why not? I mean, that's I think the MIAC has tried something like that in the past from what I was told the other day. So that's just something, you know, we all love the swag and we all want to see something, you know, we want to see bigger and better. So that's, that's, uh, that's something that I just threw out there, but you know, there, I was really impressed with all the, all the coaches, uh, you know, Eddie Robinson Jr. Really impressed the heck out of me. You know, when I talked to him, I talked to every coach except Hugh Jackson, who was kind of on a time constraint at the end. But, uh, you know, I was impressed with just his demeanor, his calm confidence in trying to build his, his football team. I think, you know, Carlos, I'm kind of going to flip the script here because we talked about all corn and pressure. There is pressure, obviously. You know, the Braves won six out of the last seven division titles. Moving to the West is the second year there. You got Dooley, to me, I think, you know, being picked to win the West, I think it was because of Dooley. And because of obviously the changes he's made, you know, I thought it would be maybe either preview in spite of Dooley leaving. The roster still is in place for the most part. So I would have been surprised if Southern or Preview would have been picked to win the Western Division. Um, but there's pressure all over the place. I mean, considering what Jackson State is doing, considering the way the win now being so uncertain because you don't know, that makes it even more pressure packed because now it's wide open and which team is going to be able to figure it out quickly. It's going to take a little time because we got tough schedules to start the season. Alcorn opens up with the number 10th ranked team in the FCS. You got Texas Southern Preview. You got FAMU. You know, they played North Carolina before they played Jackson State. How will they come out of that game? You know, you always talk about those matchups. You know, you get the big check, but then you get broke up, as we say out on the streets. (laughs) You know, Willie Simmons can't afford to have his team go through that leading into the next week against Jackson State. So to answer your question, I think there's pressure all over the lot. Can Coach Maynard rebuild with all those D1 transfers? You got to replace Glass. You can't, but you got to have a serviceable quarterback. You know, you got Coach uh, Dance in Mississippi Valley. Three wins. The administration obviously is impressed with what he's doing. He's on an upward trajectory. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. So there's a lot of talk all over the league, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this pans out. Sounds like, uh, Charles, you've had a change of heart with the pressure. Um, You know, we've had some interesting debates. Uh, I'm I'm glad you have now come over 
to the other side. <laughs> it, it's not that we're going to have any input of any coach getting let go, but when everybody talks about how they've improved, man, this 2022 season will be pressure filled, but it also will <clears throat> be exciting. So with that being said, the predictions, if they come to fruition, you could possibly see Southern and Jackson State, if it goes to form, playing twice. Fam, you will have something to say. Alabama and m You know, someone sent me an email and said, look, that whipping that Jackson State put on Alabama and m last year, he had to make changes. <laughs> it was a, what, 61 to 17 uh, victory. But how teams handle that pressure, how coaches handle that pressure. Coach Sanders, you know, remember, Charles, I said he has pressure because now he's going to get everybody's A game. Some people may say no, you know. He said at Swag Media Day, Football Media Day, that he wants to dominate. Dominate. That's a lot of pressure because, you know, I would take a win whether it's by five, one point, or a blowout. And I like a couple of blowouts. You know, I had a big, bold prediction uh, with Southern <laughs> and Grambling in the Bayou Classic. But guess what, guys? That is a lot of pressure. You want to dominate. To me, that definition means those games will not even be close if I'm dominating. I don't think he meant dominating. Mm-hmm. And you win it by one or two points or you squeak by. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be to the point where, what, Mississippi Valley State had 60 points per game average (laughs) those years uh, with Jerry Rice and those guys. Nothing to that nature. But uh, in order to dominate, the offense has to be clicking on all cylinders. And – unless they have improved that offensive line at Jackson State and the defensive line at Jackson State, that's what you really got to look at. Uh, Even when I covered the National Football League, you look at the offense and defensive lines to be able to to determine if your team that you're covering will have a productive season. And if you see any leaks there, then – you have a lot of questions because that quarterback has to stay upright, whether you like it or not. That defensive line has to be able to put pressure on a quarterback or be able to stop the run, right? That's your first line of defense and your first uh, motive of offense. So you have to be able to look at the lines. And when I looked at, uh, let's say, Alabama, not Alabama, but uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, of course, you have uh, Mark Evans on one end, and you have the other young man, I forget, forget his name, but those guys are now mature in, in how they can be able to block for Skyler uh, Perry. So that's a team that you may need to watch in the long run, right? You look at uh, the upgrades that Texas Southern has subtly made, they and they stayed under the radar. You didn't hear much about portal this and transfer here and there from Texas Southern. 
But Andrew Body, you know, you have an, another year under, under the belt for this young man, and he's uh, very fast, quick. He's gaining a little bit more confidence. What type of uh, season is he going to have? And he may shock a couple of people. Remember, they were putting it to Jackson State early in that game until Jackson State ran away with it uh, in the second half. So I I think all in all, man, I think we have more of a parity that's starting to form in both the Eastern and Western divisions right now. Of course, injuries and how you coach will be able to affect uh, what's going to happen on the playing field. But I have to think that right now, like uh, Coach McKinney told me, he said, everybody's zero zero. <laughs> so until we go into that game in that first games of the season, that will help determine who's going to, you know, be the ones to really look out for. In that game, you, you mentioned, Charles, against uh, North Carolina and FAMU, that is uh, a concern of mine. Um, I think Jawan passed last season after he got rocked by Texas A&M, affected him that next game against Jackson State in the SWAC championship. So those are some issues that you have to look at and also look at the, the, the quarterbacks. And some of the guys were not sure about their quarterbacks. Prairie View, Bubba McDowell, he wasn't quite confident in his quarterback situation. Uh, I know Willie Simmons said they're going with uh, Rashawn, but is he confident in Rashawn? You know, even though uh, they went as far as they were able to go, but they weren't able to go any further. And I saw firsthand that quarterback play became an issue in Louisiana. Well, it's going to be interesting because we've talked about it, how many teams are breaking in uh, Colin Shaw's uh, quarterbacks. Um, we're scheduled to have Coach Dula coming on next. And um, it, it seems that uh, their quarterback room is, is going to be set with uh, McCray uh, getting the start. But when fall camps are about to start, and then we're going to get into some Saints talk quickly. Um, I think coaches, just me, I think coaches know who their number ones are. They still like to see, you know, competition. But I think the biggest battles in camp will be who are going to be steady and consistent backups. You know, you're one injury away uh, from your um, backups getting in. Is there going to be a big gap between the ones and the twos on the FCS level in football? Um, those are some things that you're going to have to find out in, in, in fall camp. So do you agree that the biggest battles will be for the backup positions because coaches uh, kind of know who their starters are going to be in most cases but there still will be some competition and, and, and some battles going on in camp. Yeah, I think even in all football camps, depth really can play the key issue later in the season in case a number one gets injured for two, three day games or even an extended period of time, right? So if you have a, a solid depth at your quarterback position, your wide receiver, your skill position players, that's great. But how about your defense? Do you have a, a good 
enough depth along your defensive line or the linebackers, even your secondary, right? So I don't know if I could say right now that other than looking at Jackson State, Southern, Gramlin has some depth that the, that's pretty decent. And FAMU, there's a whole lot of depth across the SWAC. Uh, Charles, maybe you see something different at, over at Alcon. I haven't seen yet, but I, I'm just saying right now, depth, like you said, Carlos, can play a, a, a critical key in how teams can continue winning this season. Well, yeah, I can I can answer that question. You know, I interviewed our offensive coordinator last night, a long interview, Elliot Ratton, and we talked about, you know, the, the continuity uh, and the backups. He says the most intense battles he sees in camp, which for the Braves start Friday morning at 745 is our first practice, the offensive line. Uh, and I go back a few years, you know, we played Kyle, I don't know if you know, you know this, we played Arkansas in Little Rock a few years ago. And in that game, we really? played five offensive linemen, 80 snaps against the Razorbacks. That's how thin wow. we were at that time uh, at up front. Mm-hmm. This year, a lot more depth. And he's really interested in the battles for the guards in terms of the backups, the twos and the threes. I, I, look, I have our depth chart right here, and we've got about 16 offensive linemen here on our depth chart right now. Um, so I, I think that's going to be the key because offensively we could not do what we've been doing. I think, Carlos, you would agree, knowing Alcorn and how they're able to score the football and do the things that we've been able to do, we didn't do a lot of that last year. And our OC admitted that last night when I talked to him. Like, we just didn't have those explosive plays. And that was mm-hmm. in part because of the lack of depth up front. So I think that's going to be the key, having depth up front and building that depth and continuity especially, you know, once fall camp rolls around. I think that's going to be critical in the trenches for how Alcorn and I think a lot of teams do. You know, you do, you, you know, you talked about Jackson State, and I talked to Coach Sanders about this when I interviewed him. He's like, look, you know, Shador Sanders was a freshman. He didn't look like a freshman to me, over 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and we couldn't run the football, which they couldn't, and they haven't they for a long time. Jackson right. State's running game has been anemic for a long time. But he feels like he can dominate with his defense and special teams, which they did last year. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, though. Seven road games, including the last three on the road. A&M mm. in Mobile, Texas Southern in Houston, and Alcorn at Alcorn. It ain't going to be easy, mm. folks. If, you, if you're a Jackson State supporter, it ain't going to be that easy this go-around. It might happen, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, well, tough schedules they, all ar- across the board, right, Carlos and and Charles. I mean, think about it. If you if you say there's a, a gimme game, you can't say it. it. You can't really say there's any gimmies right now in the swag. And I know Mississippi Valley State only three wins, but re- people forget how competitive they were against Jackson State to the last minutes, right? How competitive they were against, who else was it? Gramlin, was it? Or did they, def- I forget if they defeated Gramlin. Bethune-Cookman, Florida A&M. Bethune-Cookman, right, right. And, and so, yeah, so the energy that you saw, I saw the confidence in Dancy's eyes as well. That That's another thing, Carlos, that really helped me uh, in preparation and thinking about some of these teams. 
seeing the coach's eyes and seeing how they respond to questions and seeing the respect that these players have for their coaches and listening to the the people around them that really helped to kind of formulate some some uh, some notions of what to expect for me for you know in in what we're going to see in SWAT. Well, and I look at it, and and you're right. Everybody has a, a tough stretch of games, whether it's in the beginning. The end, some in, in the middle. You look at Southern, and uh, Dr. Cavill brought up a point that he thinks it's going to be tough. He says they're going to be undefeated in divisional play, but he has the two losses coming in those Eastern opponents, one being Jackson State on the road, and then the next week at FAMU. If I use an old mm. b- basketball analogy, wow. yeah, you want to win them all, but if you can leave and get a split, you know how we talk about in basketball. So everybody has a tough, tough stretch. They really do. But uh, again, I, I think depth, being being uh, able to overcome adversity, the intangibles, all of those things come to play in in a season. Talking about camps, Kyle, a lot of New Orleans Saints fans that watch this show. <laughs> Now we'll, mm-hmm. we know Charles is not a Saints fan, but um, they've started. We're really excused, right? Charles. Charles, you're a Vikings fan, right? <laughs> I'm a Rams uh, fan. Rams, Rams, Rams. Okay, all right. He's a, he's a Rams over. Okay, you, Tom, we have time. I have a, I have a Saints question though. All right, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, but uh, Jameis Winston mm-hmm. looking pretty good coming off major surgery. Uh, but the biggest news was put on uh, the physically physically unable to perform list, and then lo and behold, he's out there running around. Michael Thomas like, hey, nothing wrong with me. Uh, kind of right. give us some quick thoughts on, on the initial, op- initial opening days of Saints training camp. Yeah, it was quite surprising. Chris Allen, as well as GM Mickey Loomis, stated in the pre-training camp press conference that he was going to be on the pup list, right? Physically unable to perform. The next day, he was out there active with these guys, running the routes, looking good, looking like Mike, just like you can't guard Mike. Yeah, you cannot guard this Michael Thomas. And I don't know if it was more of a situation that Michael Thomas decided when he spoke to Dennis Allen, as well as Mickey Loomis that morning that I won't, I needed to give it a go, but he should does look pretty good the first three days. Now today he rested. They gave him the off day and it would have been pretty decent uh, in my opinion, to be able to have him out there today because the fans, this was their first time to get a glimpse of the new team under Dennis Allen. So, uh, but other other than that, man, Chris Alave, he had a 60-yard touchdown strike from uh, Jameis Winston early this morning. Jameis Winston had two back-to-back interceptions, but then he had two back-to-back touchdowns. So uh, I like what's happening with this team. Very competitive defensively. 
the defense is the strength of, of this team like it has been for the whole season. And now, if that defense can continue, uh, because they have a lot of depth, and we just talked about depth, <laughs> that's going to be very important. Mm -hmm. Now, the question marks I do have for the Saints is the offensive line. They lose Teron Armstead, who was with them, what, eight, nine seasons, right? And he's now with the Miami Dolphins. What I saw of James Hurst as well as Trevor Penning uh, the first-round draft choice out of the Northern Iowa, it was just a couple of plays, but it was concerning because they were getting beat by speed. So that's a position, Carlos, I know you're a Saints fan, you need to really be <laughs> paying attention to how the left tackle position is working. Now, uh, Jari Evans, who is a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, uh, he has been an intern coach with the Saints this training camp. He's going to be there helping out. And you saw him coaching up uh, Mr. Cesar Ruiz, who is the guard out of Michigan that the Saints selected a couple of seasons ago. So right now, I like the offense. They're pretty set with the skill guys, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara. Uh, if there's going to be any type of suspension or not, we should know in a few days when he returns to Vegas for the August 1st hearing. So right now, will the Saints be able to be competitive in the National Football League as well as the NFC South? Yes, is the question. And if you didn't hear, uh, Tom Brady just lost his center due to a, a severe knee injury on right. yesterday if i'm not or, or the day before yesterday so that's a concern for the tampa bay buccaneers because they already lost two of their guards that started last season of course they got their tackles with worth and i forgot the other young man but they you know when we look at what happens and i, I keep on harping on this sean payton used to always say it look at your lines the line play would dictate how this team will go for, or if they can go deep into a postseason. Charles, you look like you want to. Uh, you have a question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle, um, what's your question? I'm a Rams fan. Everybody knows that. But when I look at the Saints, my best friend who does sideline for us, he is a diehard Saints fan, season tickets, <laughs> the whole nine yards. But when I look at the Saints, it's two things. Number one, I don't know if people know this, they have the seventh or maybe the ninth toughest schedule in the National Football League. The back end of that seven. schedule is brutal. The Rams, the seventh, yes. the seventh toughest. Mm -hmm. So you talked about Kamara, and I, I, I've read in some places it could be anywhere from four to six games he might be missing. That That's, that's interesting. And then you talked about Jameis Winston returning to the pre-Jameis Winston form in which he was five and one before he got hurt. To me, those two factors, I think, will determine the Saints' fate. How they handle the first six games, perhaps without Kamara, and can Jameis Winston return to that 5 and one form? If they can weather that storm, considering what Tampa's dealing with right now, Carolina uncertain at quarterback a little bit um, in Atlanta, I think the Saints can, can, can be okay. But if those first six games, they're two and four, in the back half of that schedule, you got the Raiders, the Rams, 
I don't know. I mean, I like the Saints. I, I watch them, but that first six, seven games is going to be interesting to to me. Am I am I wrong about that? Well, um, I would put it to – I always look at the first four games, Charles, and the first four you have Atlanta, the Buccaneers, Carolina, and the Vikings. Well, the Vikings, that's a game that's going to be played in London, right? So um, I, I don't see this Vikings team unless Kirk Cousins – uh, I think that he's going to have a little bit more freedom without Zimmer there. Uh, and I understand he and Zimmer didn't really care for one another all those years. But uh, that's going to be a game that the New Orleans Saints can win in London. They have a pretty decent record. I think the first four games all in all, the Saints could have a 4-0 record or at least a 4-1 record because uh, the, the game in New Orleans, uh, the second game with Tampa Bay is in New Orleans. So uh, they go on the road first to Atlanta, then they go back on the road again to Carolina, and then, of course, they across the pond uh, in London. So then you follow up with the Seahawks and the chart and the Bengals. Now, those are two... I wouldn't say problematic games because the Seahawks are still unsure about what's happening with their their quarterback situation. But we know when it comes to the Bengals, that's going to be a very competitive and one of the best games of the year that's going to happen inside of Caesars Superdome. So uh, then you go on the road with the Cardinals uh, Colin Murray may give him some trouble last season. Then you follow up with the Raiders, Derek Carr. Those guys took it to them at uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Then you have Lamar Jackson. He comes in town. So that first half of the season is going to be very competitive. you got some high-profile guys that they're going to have to deal with. And, of course, the Rams. And um, then when they face the Rams November 20th, I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be uh, pretty quiet. <laughs> when it comes to uh, how he's going to deal with Michael Thomas and uh, Chris Olave as well as Jarvis Landry. Uh, so then when you wrap up the seasons against the 49ers, the Buccaneers, the Browns, and the Eagles, and the Carolina, I don't see there as much of an issue there. Um, a lot of people, I, I know they, they have the, the perception that Tom Brady is already the, the anointed MVP and Super Bowl champion but the New Orleans Saints have really put it to him. Uh, He is 0-4 during the regular season against the Saints. And really, the Saints were going to win that postseason game if it were not for the couple of interceptions Drew Brees threw. And I don't want to throw him under the bus, but that's what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) So so bottom line is, man, um, is it a very strong schedule? Yes. But – Injuries are volatile, and the volatility of uh, who gets injured and who doesn't get injured really plays a key. This season, if, if there's a problem with Jameis, with injury with Jameis or something to that nature, you do have a backup, a very capable backup in a past starter with Andy Dalton. Last season, they didn't have that. They just had Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. So... When you notice when Jameis went down, Saints stopped being as competitive as they were with Jameis. 
In Dalton, I trust. We haven't heard that before. Uh oh. But you know, to, to your point, well, I was being facetious. I was being facetious. But to your point, I feel much better about the backup quarterback. See, I'm all about it's important with backups, I'm telling you. And, and, and see, Charles talking about the back end, it's tough. Hell, they're all tough. You've got to win the week. But I, I feel confident that this Saints team, if all things being equal, they will be very competitive. No no bold statement there with, with, with the but the New Orleans Saints, but they um, – I think they're in a lot better shape, you know, than uh, last year. Now, to your point, Kyle, the O-line, that left tackle, that is a, a a very important position. I think Hurst will get the start, but we'll see. Let's see if I'm right or wrong on that one. Um, the young rookie, although yeah. he's a big man, you still – nothing can beat experience. Nothing can be the experience, but will he play? Yeah, but I I, I think her starts. Carl, All right, we'll, 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 Carlos, we'll wrap I, this I up. Think I, agree. I have to, yeah, I have to agree with you. Um, I didn't like his hand place, and I think that's something that can be corrected. And reality is, we have really what four weeks really remaining before the start of the season, right? Uh, well, five weeks before the start of the season for the National Football League, three and a half with the uh, college football. But anyway, I think the Saints can really do themselves some justice to be able to find somebody else as a swing tackle or swing guard tackle combination type of guy to be able to help them out. I am concerned about what I saw in just those two guys with the video that I've seen. And even John Hendricks, who is my writer that uh, is covering the Saints every day at camp, there, there's obviously some concern <laughs> that, that people are talking about. So, Yeah, well, you know, via free agency. Oh, you know, and, and somebody... I, I got to say this, man. Charles, to your credit, your, your Rams. Did you see Jacoby uh, Durant intercept Stafford yesterday in practice? I did. I did. Yeah, the, the did. young Look, bulldog looks pretty good out there. Yeah, I did. And and hey, as much as I love my Rams, I'm I'm more, I'm really, Matthew Stafford has even on big moments he's come up big. Some errant passes during the season last year. He got to football a little bit more, and the back end of that secondary's got to get better. If 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 if, if uh, Joe Burrow's got another second and a half, the Bengals win the Super Bowl because Jalen Ramsey fell down. I mean, so you know we yeah. we got to get better. You know, I mean, hey, I celebrated that Super Bowl for thirty days, but once free agency rolled around, you know, bad uh, guy goes to Buffalo, Von Miller, and so it's look. I want to see it happen again, but it ain't gonna be easy, and I, I realize that this is the National Football League. It never is. Not for long. The Rams That's what it is. are the hunted. <laughs> Not for long. Remember that, Charles. They're the yeah. hunted. The defending Super Bowl champions. That's correct. You're going to get everybody's best shot. Well, right, Kyle, yeah. it's been a pleasure getting your perspective on SWAC Football Media Day and uh, Saints training camp. And uh, I'll put an asterisk 
by that left tackle needs improvement. I'll, I've, I've got that noted down. But um, yeah, losing to Ron, have you, yeah, you just can't lose to Ron Armstead and expect to pick up where yeah. you left off. Yeah, that's hard. But guys, thank y'all. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, have a great weekend. We'll uh, talk again in a couple of weeks with another Saints right. update. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. Have Take care. Kyle Mosley joining us here on the Carlos Brown Show. Let's take a break and let's see. Um, Dooley, Coach Dooley, can't seem to find him. Wonder what happened. You know, everybody wants to hear from Coach Dooley. So let's and see during this break. You trust. Find you, well, yes, you have to say Dooley you trust right now. <laughs> and, uh, and, but guess what, though? He has done a magnificent job in the staff yeah. uh, so far. So I, I, I know National Alumni Conference is going on. Maybe he got pulled uh, from there. Uh, we'll just see. So we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. You're watching the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yeah. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment! Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better cost less than you think. Star Backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. World, what's happening? Rob Morgan here. Just letting you know, July 29th through the 31st, I'll be at Montgomery, Alabama, Urban NerdCon. Come on out, get something signed, take a photo. Say hello. Let's share some stories and create some memories. You know? So join us by visiting theurbannerdcon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. Theurbannerdcon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. 
For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Are you ready? It's time. The inaugural Urban NerdCon is coming to Montgomery, Alabama, July 29th through the 31st. Blurds, nerds, and geeks from across the universe will converge on the capital city to see celebrity guests such as The Last Dragon, Tybok, Megan Tandy, and voice actor Dave Fenoy. Hey, how you doing? I'm voice actor Dave Fenoy with a shout out to all my geeks, freaks, and urban nerds. Just want to let you know I'm going to be there and I want to meet you. At the Urban NerdCon Gaming and Cosplay Event. It's happening July 29th through the 31st in Montgomery, Alabama. Hope you want to meet me as much as I want to meet you. So join us by visiting TheUrbanNerdCon.net for ticket and vendor information. This will be the premier blurred event in the universe. TheUrbanNerdCon.net. Our heroes, our villains, our stories, everyone's con. See you there. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard barks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. We're still looking for Coach Dewey, so he may he may join us. Um, I don't know; something must have came up uh, with him. Um, but um, we still have about 40, 40 minutes left on today's show, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, he'll he'll join us before it's time to. Uh, to say goodbye, but uh, for Southern University, of course, uh, pick to win the West Division, Charles, and uh, kind of just having some dialogue via text messages and email. There, there are some uh, Southern uh, alum and supporters that, if they had a vote, they would not have voted Southern number one in the West. Um, I've heard anywhere from Alcorn 
a Prairie View, but uh, the defending uh, West Division champions is Prairie View. Um, I, I heard you talk about you thought it was more so because of Coach Dooley and the coaches and uh, SIDs have the votes. Um, I think that's some of it. I would agree, but I also would add, I think performance execution on the field. But I think also it is the tailback and all recruiting and the impact players that they've, they've brought in. So that's just kind of my opinion on that. You look at Southern University, one of the things I was going to ask uh, Coach Dooley about was uh, the quarterback room, and, and, and it's set. You know, some people talk. I, I'm looking at some of the comments in the chat room. Um, they feel it's good to have a, uh, a, a a good backup quarterback, and it just looks like uh, Bubba McDaniels will will be the backup. You have Harold Blood, uh, Bowden has been brought in to transfer from Grandma, but I, I think for him, it's a matter of getting acclimated and getting more comfortable. Uh, with the system, they brought in a young freshman out of Dallas, Texas, and um, it, it was important, or is important, to hear the comments from Coach Dooley. He doesn't need a game manager. He needs someone at that position that can uh, win the game, make plays. So you look at McCray as far as his physical attributes, about six foot. Um, but he, to me, he's the definition of a true dual quarterback that can do both things well. Now, there have been people that have expressed concerns about me, to me, about, you know, Southern University goes how the quarterback goes. But I think you can say that about every uh, team in, in the conference. Uh, Mike, who is watching the show, he asked me about uh, the thoughts of a sophomore jeans. That's the way he put it with body and Shadur Sanders. I mean, it's a possibility, but I, I don't think they will have a sophomore jeans. But what I do believe is now, uh, particularly with body he kind of exploded on the scene, right? I think now he can't, surprise people. They know what he can do. They know what Shadur Sanders can do. And, and talking to him briefly at SWAC Football Media Day, um, like father, like son, very confident. A, a, a twinge of being a little cocky as well. But hey, <laughs> his father is. I don't expect anything any different. But um, but what Coach do, and again, hopefully we'll have him on, I'm more so impressed with what they've been able to do defensively. When I had defensive coordinator on Coach Miller, he talked about being able to have the depth. And if you can play eight D linemen in the secondary, they're loaded. You can have backups come in that you don't have a, a much of a drop off. You know, linebacker, core, you still probably want to see a little bit more depth. Um, Kyle talked about O-line, even with the, the, the Saints, NFL, O-line, uh, what kind of depth that you have there. But 
those are just some of the things that you have to have happen. You talked about Alcorn State, 16 offensive linemen. Across the board, depth and quality. How much of a drop, if any, you have from the first unit to the second unit? But most definitely, O-line and D-line, they don't get enough credit. That's where the games are won, along with special teams play, which is very, very pivotal. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, you're talking about our, our our depth up front. I just counted them. 18 is what we have right now. 18 offensive wow. linemen. Went from 16 to 18. 18, yeah. 18. I, uh, so that's what we have. But, but you know, you, you, you talked about Dooley, and we all know he's an offensive-minded guy. We know what he can do on the offensive side of the ball. You know, to me, Carlos, and you would know this better than me, this on paper – to me, seems to be and could turn out to be Dooley's best team that he's ever had defensively, even going back to Prairie View. I mean, you you look at the fact that Prairie View, over the years when Dooley was there, can score a ton of points, but they were giving up a ton. This year, this may be one of – and that's a question we can probably ask him. Do you think this could be one of the best defensive teams you've ever had as a head coach, going back to Prairie View? You look at that what he's done since coming in at Southern University. I would I would argue that, yeah, this could be one of the best defensive teams that Dooley's ever coached, you know, if, if it all falls into place. Because that's what Southern's Achilles heel last year. Couldn't get a stop in the Bayou Classic. I mean, it was a totally different regime. But we know he can get the quarterbacks. We know he can score points. We know he can move the defensive pieces around. But can he stop people? And that's, that's the question. I think what I see on paper – with Dumas transferring, oh, that's a big pickup, by the way. I think that doesn't get enough talk in terms of, you know, getting Dumas to come to Southern from Prairie View where Dooley was. I think that's huge to stabilize that defense. This could be one of Dooley's best defensive teams that he's had, and I think that doesn't get a lot of play because we know he can score some points. But, you know, we're going to see early, Carlos, because for Southern, you got Florida Memorial. I mean, I think that's a game they'll probably win by five touchdowns if, if it all falls into place early. That you can play a bunch of people, but then you got LSU that next week. And uh, that's where things get a little dicey in terms of how you want to do it. You want to go out and play the game, try to win the game, but we all know the dynamics of that week two game. You got all corn coming in later on in the month in September. So I think, you know, I think for a lot of coaches, including Coach Dooley, that first month of the season, especially with a lot of these non conference games early, I think you're going to see a lot of guys get some action. And you're going to see, you know, coaches rounding their rosters out in the shape in the first month. Yeah, because let's let's just be brutally honest. Our first game, Morgan, heavily favorite, but the mindset that you have to put in place is that that team, uh, zero zero, they're world beaters. You go out and take. Right. Then the second game against LSU. I expect two things show up. One, it is what it is. Now, it, that's going to be, I'm not going to say a hard sellout, but it, it, it's apparently going to be a sellout uh, with uh, uh, Coach uh, Gaines, head coach. But then you 
you look at the Falkhorn State, I mean, you, you got Texas Southern, a team that, uh, oh, my goodness, that was the game that started the ball rolling for Coach Rollins. That Texas Southern game, you you had <laughs> great production offensively, but you couldn't stop anybody. And look, let's just put it out here. Even under the guy that you love to death, Coach Odoms, I've seen the problem of stopping the run even during those times, right? Who can forget the all-corn? Who else in the past? The time that they were up by 14 points twice in the game, and they gave up almost 400 yards rushing. That is abominable. They, have been, they should have been practicing against the run Sunday. Hell, Saturday night after the game. We're going to have a walkthrough when we get back to Baton Rouge. But that was in the past. So, saying that Southern defensively, I like what they have done. I mean, you can look at uh, in the secondary, Terrence Dunlap, a transfer that's at Southern from Troy State. You got the Bowie State boys, what I call them. Um, you, you also have a cornerback transferred in from McNeese via Kansas. So secondary, just kind of talking at Sweat Football Media Day, you're, you're literally three deep secondary. Once again, linebacker, you got Bird Davis in from Iowa State. You can, to me, you can always add some pieces, linebacker, O-line. But but that's that's where they're at now. And all, all of they this, you still have to come out and execute and perform on the football field. Yes, there is pressure. And I, I believe Coach Dillon, he understands. But by being at Southern University, we're talking about coaches under pressure. Yeah, you Coach Dillon and, and, and all of them. On that list, Coach Dooley understands expectations, you know, at, at Southern University. But they're under legendary uh, Coach uh, Pete Richardson. So that's just the way it is. It's expectations. You've got to have them. And they have a slogan, Southern is the standard, spot the ball. We will see early on. Then you got Pine Bluff. Then Coach Dooley goes back to Purdue for the first time after uh, being there the previous uh, years. A big question. Maybe you can answer this, Charles. Will they finally now get a huge crowd at that football game? When Coach Dula comes back, or will it be the the, the norm? No, I, I think like it'll be a big crowd. A yeah, I do think it'll be a bigger crowd. I mean, that coach helped get them a division title and almost winning a SWAC championship. I would I would say, Carlos, it'll be a really big crowd, maybe a sellout. Who knows? You know, Jaguar Nation will will be there. I'm, I'm hopeful anyway. I love to see big crowds, you know, at, at our SWAC stadiums. I love to see packed houses. But, you know, I was on the um, the, uh, the other day with, uh, with Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew, and Jamie Walker came up with one word that I've been looking for for the last three weeks. And I think we're kind of talking around it, but to me, it's the one word that's applicable here, continuity. 
continuity mm -hmm. right off the bat how you get the content when you get the continuity with your ones and twos your starting quarterback when you can develop that niche will determine i think how far you can go i think continuity is going to be an issue especially for teams with new quarterbacks and new coaches we can talk about southern we could talk about grambling all corn with two new quarterbacks you could talk about that as well there's only a handful of teams, Carlos, Texas Southern. You got Jackson State. And then you've got a kid at UAPB that's a fifth-year senior that's been there since 2018 that no one's talking about. So you got continuity at that position. So continuity is, I think, is going to be huge. It's going to be tough because you got these tough non-conference games you got to navigate. Case in point, Alcorn Stephen F., the number 10-ranked team in the FCS. Case in point, FAMU playing at North Carolina week one, week zero, obviously, prior to Jackson State. You're going to be able to get continuity coming out of that game in a must win against Jackson State. So when, if, and when that happens, I think we'll determine where these teams go. LSU, Florida Memorial, right off the bat for Southern University. When will that continuity come together? So Jamie Walker, to me, hit it on the head. Continuity, how quickly you can get it to mesh, I think will determine how far you can go as you get deeper into the season. Well, based on that, then it's going to be a lot of teams trying to find that because they've, you know, Jackson State, Consulate, they've retooled their football team. When I say retool, uh, I heard Coach Sanders talking about at SWAC Media Day, like the O line that you saw last year. <laughs> The way he talked, they, they were not going to start. But again, fall camp competition will decide a lot of that. I'll still state that most coaches know or have an idea who their starters are going to be. You still want to see competition, but the biggest battles will be for the number twos. Who can solidify that second slot and who could be ready if called upon via an injury? You look at Alabama A&M, they went into the portal heavy, right, defensively. Jamie talked about continuity, chemistry. I'll add that. They're, they're going to have to develop that. Um, FAMU went heavily into the transfer portal. That applies to them. It applies to basically everybody. You know, how many freshmen will come in and contribute? Some teams may not need freshmen to come in. Uh, and, and contribute right away. Uh, special teams, Mitchell Southern University. I had a chance to talk to all the specialists the last couple of weeks, last month. Uh, Southern went into the transfer portal. So you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, continuity, That that's a word that you'll see throughout uh, this football season, how quickly they can develop that. But it gets a start with fall camp. FAMU started. I don't know why, Charles. I think somebody's getting ready to start, or someone started. Maybe they're not in the in in the conference as far as their fall camp. But Southern's coming up. Allcorn's uh, fall camp uh, coming up. Everybody gets to to, to start. Um, we, we talked about who has the most pressure. We we kind of now come into an agreement that. Um, there's pressure on every uh, coach and staff in, in, in the conference. 
Uh, in past shows, we talked about sleepers. And, and let me say this. Uh, Mississippi Valley State, Bethune-Cookman, a lot of conversation on social media that, they, that they're going to uh, be improved. It looks like everybody upgraded their, their football teams. But what happens? You know, you look at some of the tough non-conference games for teams. I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Mississippi Valley, Bethune-Cookman, they may uh, be improved, but their record may not, may not show it. Valley has a tough non-conference schedule, and they played everybody tough in the conference. Um, you, you just kind of want to see more success in the non-conference games, and, and I get it. I really do. I get it. They're paid to win the conference. But I think you got to start having some success in those non-conference games. So you look at a, 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 um, an Alcorn, Stephen F. Austin. Alcorn plays McNeese State. You know, the FBS games, it, it is what it is. And it's interesting. Coach Sanders talked about not uh, – he was asked a specific question about uh, playing Alabama. Did you hear the response? Now, Eddie Robinson at Alabama State says would, would love the, the challenge of playing. Coach Sanders is like, no, we're not going to play those games to sacrifice our players. well, you 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 look so you look surprised. You look shocked that he made that well, statement. I, well, I, I think he made now he may have been joking, but he made the comment oh, we're not ready no, to no, no, Charles, he looked serious as a heart attack. He well, well, like, right. well I, what I'm saying is that the comment he made about we're not ready for Nick this year, maybe next year. That's that was the part that caught me. Maybe, maybe next year. Um yeah, I mean no. that's that's what he said. Not even next year. Happen. Can make of it as as we will. I mean, you know, coach could have been joking. He might have been serious. Uh, I, I I don't know about that. When he said next year, I mean, what he said the first part, I get that. But then when he said maybe next year, so he obviously wants to add talent for twenty twenty three. And I mean, the game's not going to happen. First of all, I mean, it's not going to happen anytime soon, if at all, if ever. Uh, but I mean, it's just fun to talk about it. Just like we never thought we would see Southern and LSU play on the football field. Remember, we, you and I, on your previous shows and previous places, I said, "Man, I would love to see Southern play LSU in football." And lo and behold, in a snap of a finger, it happened. Right. So I guess you can't put anything past anyone if the money's right and if the schedule's right. You can't make those type of things happen. But uh, look, I, I, I do think that when you talk about improvements, for me. I don't think any coach in this league is going to get canned based on what they didn't do in non-conference. It's all about what you do in the conference. And it's about the improvement. You know, you look at Coach Dancy, a brand new AD, got to win more than three games. I mean, there's no question about that. That has to happen. The expectation for Jackson State to win it again is going to be tough. But, you know, they expect to win it again and dominate is the word Coach Sanders used. We'll see about that. Seven games on the road, including the last three. Not going to be easy. If they don't get out of Florida with a win, I think it's going to be tough for them to win the East. I mean, look at all corner. You know, you open up with Stephen F., you got McNeese, um, you know, and Tulane before your first conference game against UAPB at home, and then you go to Valley. That's not going to be easy. So there's nothing given here. We all know the expectations are high. You know, talking with Braves coaches, Fred McNair, Elliot Radney, OC last night, 
we want to get back to where we were and we all understand that it's not going to be easy you got to figure out who our quarterback's going to be you know whether it's Aaron Allen or Marquevian Quinn it's going to be one of those two you know just getting that continuity in the first few weeks of camp and, and look Carlos here's the other thing and, and coach Radden mentioned this to me last night you don't have a lot of practice days. The, the days of two-a-days and three-a-days, that's gone. That's out. You don't have a lot of time to get yourself ready. We start next Friday at 745. You look at FAMU that opens up at the end of August. They have yeah, even one started. week less. Week zero. There's not a lot of time to fool around. And that's why the month of July is important in getting your kids in because you're that much ahead of the game. But if your kids are just coming into this thing, starting this week, and you're just now starting this week, you're probably already behind as you get ready for the first week of the season. And that leads to that continuity question we've talked about. Continuity just doesn't happen. It requires a lot of reps. It requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of time. And you don't have a lot of that because you don't have the two-a-days. In some cases, in the old days, you don't have that. So you you don't have a lot of time to get it going. Well, the one thing about it, that question has to be answered by everyone. Since now you don't have the traditional uh, time as far as Getting in shape, coming to camp, not done as far as uh, you come to camp, you got to be in shape. You don't have a whole lot of time to get things uh, before you're ready for game. So, yeah, you got to get it done. You got to come in uh, in shape. And and, and one of the things we'll go talk about. if you see the swag get better, and that's uh, as far as even in the swag meat challenge and the celebration bowl, you got to start having some success. Um, also, the Midi Athletic Conference and, and their media day, uh, Commissioner Steele's talked about, uh, you know, expansion in the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference. She's not going to be, you know, they're not going to put it that way. They're not going to be in a rush to, to get that done. You know, it's a lot of conversation about the swag and the, you know, the MIAC. Some people talk about a merger there. Also, they've talked about this super conference. Once again, you have to have a detailed plan if you're going to go in that direction. And then you're talking about, to me, five to 10 years. And, and I understand the conversation people having. No, we've got to get it done, and we've got to get it done now. Now is the right moment to seize the opportunity. I just don't see it coming real soon. I think it's it, it, it would be put under the the long term uh, plan as far as having all of that done. But you've got to be the best that you are and where you are now because you're talking about increase revenues, alumni have to give more. You've got to increase, as far as football specifically, we're talking about 63 uh, scholarships to um, to 85. 
That's 22 scholarships. So that, that that's a cost to all of that. And so, you know, long term, that's something to think about. But in the short term, I, I just don't see it see it happening. And uh, Dr. McCullough talked about from from a financial standpoint being a very shortly top FCS football uh, conference as far as financially. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how all of this works out. Somebody contact Coach Dooley. Let's let me know. I don't know if I'll be able to be able to reschedule him because fall camp will have started by now. Uh, we planned on having him on. I, I don't know what happened. Um, he he logged in, but uh, maybe something came up. Maybe it's an emergency. So uh, I apologize. Mm. Well, Carlos, I'll, I'll, I'll say this about the expansion, this mega conference, the super conference. I asked the commissioner about that because that's been in the wind. And, and, he, and he mentioned the fact that, you know, he's heard the, the rumors and the rumblings. He says the SWAC is not going to expand for the sake of expanding. And he mentioned the example he gave to me was a volleyball match. He said he doesn't see Alcorn going to D.C. to play Howard in a volleyball match. Just the travel and logistics mm-hmm. just don't add up. So that's just one example that he uses, probably many he could use when it comes to that. Uh, is the SWAC listening? Absolutely they're listening. It's business. You're always listening. But do you see this happening in the short term? No. In the middle term, perhaps. In the long term, maybe. It just, I think that's, and you said long term in the next five to ten years, if I were to put a little money on it, I don't have any money, but if I were to put a little money on it, I would say it'll be within 10 years. I would say probably within six years, I can see it happening because the dollars are gonna dictate how you handle this because it's all about the dollars and the TV revenue. We know what the MEAC looks like now and the commissioner, you know, she put on her best face in trying to say, hey, the MEAC is viable. I think there's gonna be a lot of pushback because of the history and tradition. You lose a Hampton, you lose a North Carolina a and and just a tradition. So a lot of the oxygen left out of the MEAC, and excuse me, though, I think got a guy cutting the grass out of here, right out of here. But uh, I think the Tell tradition- do his work. He has to do his work. Uh, the, the tradition of the MEAC, I think there might be a little bit more pushback from the MEAC faithful, the ones that are still, that are part of the MEAC, the Howards of the world, and the North folks of the world. I think they're gonna put a little pushback. They wanna keep the MEAC where it is. Now the dollars might dictate something else in the next couple of years. It's going to have to be a serious conversation on that side of the, on, on that side of the track. But I do in the short term, I don't see it happening in a middle term. I do think conversations will be had and what we term as long-term, I can see it happening um, because what you, unless you, if you're a MEAC fan, unless you can bring in some teams, to help replace what you lost, some traditional teams that can help you build your conference back up to where it was, I can see it happening. But right now, I don't in the short term. I, I, I don't see it happening. Well, speaking on that, we now have probably the, the one of the busiest guys in college athletics, Coach Dooley. Coach 
<laughs> Coach Dude, I, I, I appreciate the time. I know you've been really, really busy. No, I, I guess I can say now. Good afternoon. I, I, I was logged on for a while. I, I was trying to text you to let you know that I was back in. The phone had turned off. I was actually at a alumni roundup, but I'm, I'm here. I want to make sure I honor my word. Well, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. I, I figured something uh, was going on and uh, uh, kept me on too long on hold. I apologize for that. Coach, you know what? You, you know, in coaching, you, you always have to make adjustments. Same thing when you host a show. You got to make adjustments, and then when, you, when, when it doesn't go right, you own up to it. You don't pass the buck on nobody else, so I take full responsibility uh, for that, Coach. Um, once again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Swag Football Media Day, Coach, has come and gone. Um, your thoughts on predicted to win the Western Division, does that phase you one way or the other, or you're more concerned with – getting fall camp started and getting the season started? You know, I, I know that's part of all of the uh, the things that we, we do, and, you know, for us, uh, people predicting, you know, uh, I guess it goes uh, two ways. Uh, when when they predict you to be last, you're upset and mad, but when they predict you to win it, then you're trying to say that they, they know what they're talking about. So uh, I'm, in my mind, it, it doesn't matter. We, know, we just got to know what we want to accomplish and what we set out to do and just – I have confidence in what we do. Um, you know, coaching is one thing, but uh, you know, being doing the media responsibilities uh, wasn't your first rodeo. Uh, being at Swag Football Media Day, but was this one um, a little different, or was it kind of the the, the same as usual? Well, you know, uh, I guess I've been fortunate enough now to see that, uh, and I always look at just uh, how things are, are, are moving forward. And just from uh, what Charles have done, the professionalism and, and, and how the, the media was there and how things was handled, I just thought it got better. And that's what you look for. You want to see if you can grow. And, and I can see that, that it has grown. I can see that the things that, that we did, you know, maybe four years ago uh, is much better. And that's what I always look for. Yeah, it, it's uh, a lot more interest in uh, SWAC uh, football now, uh, especially media. It, it's, it's grown uh, a tremendous amount. Now, Coach, you're days away from um, your first fall camp as head football coach at Southern University. And now you've been to Southern's fall camps. You've been involved in it as an assistant on the legendary coach, Pete Richardson. But now uh, – Talk about the excitement, your first fall camp as Southern's head football coach. You know, it, it's different. It, it's different. And, and I couldn't sit here and say, well, well, it's the same old thing. Uh, I've been to it before. No, it's different because I'm sitting in a different chair right now. And I do understand uh, the responsibilities, but I'm, I'm up for the challenge. And, I, I you know, I, I've been saying it and I'm going to continue to say that when your steps are ordered, you already know what to expect. Uh, you just got to just move in that direction and be ready and be set for the challenge and know what's there for you. You got to surround yourself with good people. And I feel I've done a good job of surrounding myself with big people, with a lot of good people. So it's not just all on me. Uh, I know initially uh, the finger is going to be pointed at me, but you just got to uh, surround yourself with good people and, and have confidence in what you're doing and, and move forward. So it's very, very exciting. Uh, you know, it's still unbelievable. You know, sometimes I still get those moments where, 
man, this is really, really happening. You know, uh, that's, that's give me that opportunity to just look up and say, you know, uh, again, don't mean to get that way on you guys, but I have to just thank you, Jesus, because it did happen. And it's a blessing for me. Expectations coach Julie. That's a word we use a lot. Um, expectations. How do you handle expectations now in this role at Southern university? You know, uh, and, and I won't sit in and use words, but uh, expectations never bother me because I don't think there's an individual or, or any platform can have high expectations for myself than what I have. <laughs> so I'm going to always have high expectations regardless of what. I can come and feel I didn't have nobody here. I'm still expected to win in my mind. That's just the way I'm. Uh, my mindset is. So uh, I accept that high expectation. I wouldn't want it any other way because I don't want to go to a place where uh, – being mediocre is okay. It's accepted. No, I'm I'm looking for uh, to win it all. That's what you want to do. That's what you set out to do. And Coach Julie, expectations. We can build on that now. Moving along, a quarterback room. It's it's pretty much set now. Uh, I've had people tell me, well, Coach Julie has said that um, the quarterback situation is set. What are your expectations? Uh, for for the quarterback room is McCray um, his job to lose? Uh, well, you know you, you have to have a, a order coming out of spring. You you can't be, in my opinion, in disarray and not have a a, a pecking order as to who's going to go out first. Because I mean, it's going to be a time when I, I believe in everything being decent and in order. So when you set when you set that depth chart and those guys read the depth chart, they got to know who's going to take the first snaps and they got to understand that. Uh, from leaving out of the spring, uh, he earned the right to take the first snaps. Uh, so, yeah, he'll be starting off right now, but they all know, everybody that's on that team know that uh, it's competition. Uh, it, it doesn't end. It doesn't stop. Uh, they got to compete every day uh, in everything that they do and say. So uh, the competition is going to be there. And, uh, of course, we're going to name one because I believe in having a direction, and I feel real good about it. I got a good grasp because I had 15 days on all of those guys, so I understand. And we bring some new guys into uh, the puzzle as well. But I feel real confident that uh, the one thing I can say, whoever come out on top in that room, I feel real confident that we'll be able to do the things that we want to do. So, McCray, make sure I understand right. McCray has earned the right coming out of spring to have the first – snap and fall camp, but competition is still expected in, in, in when fall camp starts. Am I correct? Absolutely, because you can't, you know, you, you can't give a guy a job and then he retrogress. I mean, you're not doing any good. You, you got to always continue to, to progress and, and, and get better. So uh, I think that's our order right now. Uh-oh. Coach Dooley, I guess we'll, we'll try to get him get him back. I don't see him anymore. Um, but he was making, uh, uh, Charles, a, a very interesting point on the, on the quarterback room. And, and it's basically said, it, it's McCray. Uh, McCray, that, there he goes. He, he's back. Let's see. Coach Dooley, can you hear me? We'll give him a minute to, to, to get himself settled again. Um, but it was important, Charles, what he was talking about. Uh, McCray has earned the right. You can't uh, regress. So with that being said, McCray, it is his his, his job uh, 
to to lose, but you're going to have competition. You're still going to have battles um, in, in, in fall camp, and you, you just got to continue to progress to keep it. Let 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 let's let's do this, Charles, because I, I can't hear you. Let's take a timeout. Uh AD will uh take a timeout and hope we can get Coach Dooley back. Well, let's see. Coach Dooley, can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Oh, uh, okay. For some reason I didn't see you, I couldn't hear you. You were talking about the quarterback uh a position, so it, it it's kind of set and uh McCray is it's, it's he, he has won the right to be number one in fall camp. So let me move off of that, and then I'm sure Charles has a question or two. Um, you're known as an offensive guru, and I've talked to some of your colleagues, said one of the best offensive minds in the game. But what I've noticed is the improvement that you have and you and your staff, how you've recruited, you've added pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Talk about how important that is, being an offensive guy, but also a guy that knows you have to have uh, players on the other side of the ball defensively. Well, you, you know, you got you to gotta challenge yourself, and, and I do understand uh, uh, everyone thinks that uh, I'm offensive-minded. Rightfully so. That gave me the opportunity. That gave me the opportunity to be, to be a head coach. Now, as a head coach, I got to build a team. I can't just build an offense. I got to build a team. So what's important to me is the offense, the defense, as well as the special team because I'm going to deal in three phases. So I do understand, uh, and I'm going to always look at uh, – I, I want to potentially uh, – I get myself uh, not saying that that I'm that guy, but I want a defense that's going to be able to stop me. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, so that, that gives me the opportunity to go out and build. I, I know that. Uh, and then I, I, I know what, what is needed to win the conference as well, to win – football games you got to have a, a great defense because a great defense is going to turn the ball over to give to the offense to become a great offense so coach Julie, i've been told man had over the years uh defense, they go up against explosive it's a battle it's a competition so it sounds like that's that's what you're saying. Prospect uh, defense, you and your staff there, they're going to be good just from that 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 competition. Well, I, I think iron sharpens irons, and that's what you got to have around you. You got to make sure that uh, you're getting better all in all phases. If not, if you just got one team that's doing better than the other, or that's great, and the other team is that bad off, then it's going to be impossible to be great. So we we believe in iron sharpens iron. So we got to have. In my opinion, we got to have the best defense, we got to have the best special teams, and then we got to have the best offense, and then that makes a complete football team. Make an adjustment, Charles. Question or hey, two? Hey, Coach Dooley. Um, got a couple of questions for you. Um, we talked about it before you went on. We, we know what you can do offensively in terms of all the quarterbacks that you've dealt with, Kincaid and Pass and, and others defensively, based on what you've got on that side of the ball, you were just talking about it a little bit with Dumas coming over. Is it safe to say that this could be one of the best defensive teams you've ever been a part of, whether it be at a Grambling or the head coach at Prairie View? Does, does the defense and the pieces you have right now, could it turn into be 
could turn into be one of the best defensive teams you've ever been around. You know, uh, I, I will say hey, that that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, you know, you go out and recruit those type of guys. That's what you want to happen. I will say that that group that was at Grambling was a very special group. Those guys turned the football over quite a bit. Well, he's in transit. Uh, we'll, we'll get him back. That that was an important point. Uh, he, he was talking about defense, defensively, and and I guess you you kind of think of some of the teams uh, that I uh, that I've seen over the years. A FAMU uh, offense. What was it? Gulf Coast offense, but they had a defense mm-hmm. that ran, I believe, a four six. And their whole mindset defensively was to get turnovers, be aggressive, be aggressive to turn that ball back over to their explosive offense. Coach, I was talking about the Gulf Coast uh, offense that fam you had under uh, former coach Billy Joe, and they had a defense uh, that believed and had the mindset of turning the ball, getting turnovers to get the ball uh, back to their explosive offense. Is, is that kind of the, the mindset that you have, uh, Coach Dooley? I, I, I think I think what's happening every time somebody try to call in, it cuts you guys off. Oh, uh, okay. Well, it, 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 that, that's probably happening. Uh, once again, I, 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 I apologize. I Charles, to answer your, your question, Charles, I, I, I think we have to make up to, to have a great defense. Now, uh, you know, on paper, it's great. Now we got to go out and we got to execute. That's what it's all about, not putting those pieces together. You know, that's why you got to be very, very select, selective in who you're choosing to bring with you. You know, everybody's got a lot of great athletes, uh, but can they gel together as one and play together? Everybody can't play together, and that's the most important part that I try to uh, find. How, What does this guy bring uh, to Southern University? Can he play at a Southern University? How would he fit in at a Southern University? So, I think it's more true in just recruiting talent. You gotta understand uh, character. You gotta understand personality. And you just gotta understand how guys get along. So I thought we did. I thought the assistant coaches did a great job in uh, putting that together. Now we just gotta go out and we just gotta be able to execute in all three phases, especially defensively. Well, the one thing, coach, that that we kind of talked about before you came on is continuity. You know, that's that's the one word that that I was that I was referring to. First year coaching in, in a new place, you, you're not a first year coach overall, but being at Southern, how important has that, and how do you feel like that has gelled since since coming to Baton Rouge? Uh, I think it's very important, and, and that's why I, I use so much with my team. Out of sight is out of mind. You got to be in sight so that we can get together and we can build that chemistry. So you know we're fortunate enough for our team to be here uh, all summer long, and I think that's huge. You know. But it's all I know everybody want to talk about strength and conditioning. And I think that's very, very important. But I look at the other part, being around each other, knowing who to trust, being able to trust everyone, because I know what that individual been through and he know what I've been through. So it's a trust factor. So uh, to me, it's out of sight, out of mind. And our guys been here in sight and uh, been working together. So I, I feel uh, we should have that chemistry. It should be there now because that's what it took over the summer. Coach, I'll- Offensively, how excited are you? Uh, for example, the, the running back room. It, I mean, tr- you got great student athletes returning. You've added uh, some some pieces. How excited 
argue about the, the, the running back room and, and uh, does it keep you up at night? Not in a bad way, but a good way to have those type of explosive athletes at that position. You know, I, I can't say I'm very excited because now it just uh, it gives you an opportunity. I just think you got to be creative. You got to be very, very creative and understand you got to be able to, uh, you know, use your uh, your talent that you have there. And, you know, uh, offensively, uh, we tell everyone there's enough food at the table for everybody. So you just got to sit to the table. If you sit to the table, you'll get a chance to eat. Wow. <laughs> that, that's a good answer because, I mean, just – uh, from the outside looking in, you, you can you can see the, the explosive people that you have have there. A um, couple more things for you, Coach, and appreciate uh, the time and making the adjustment. Um, the wide receiver, that position. Now, I, I'm pretty sure the offensive guy, you look at that position, you've added a couple of pieces uh, there. Uh, how – is the wide wide receiver room looking for you? And is there a level of excitement as well as far as the wide receivers as the running back room? You know, I'm very excited about that receiver room because first of all, I got to make sure that receiver room is right because that's my identification. I'm a former wide receiver. (laughs) So if I can't bring wide receivers here, uh, what what am I doing? (laughs) So of course that's the most critical room right there. I'm going to look at that room right there and you got to, you got to be a step above. There's no question about that. So, uh, but the coaches did go out and get some guys that I feel that fits into the scheme that we want to do, uh, and, and that's what it's about. I know a lot of guys look at uh, high-profile athletes. Look at, uh, I, I guess now we we we're talking about you know uh, what their grade level is or whatever. I look and see what fit what was best for us. What can help us to win? What what do I look in, into as looking for a wide receiver? So. I thought they went out and got some good ones. And uh, I can tell you what, it's going to be very, very exciting. And I'm excited. I can't wait to see those guys play. Coach, I was told this from a good source. That's that word. Uh, you are actually running routes. Um, you seem to be in good shape. And, and now that's what I was told because the former receiver, uh, a guy on the co- collegiate level, is that true or was that just a rumor? I believe you get you got to perfect everything. I believe in still being able to do it a little bit. And I'm not going to say that I can do it at the level of the skill that those guys can do, but you know you can always run a precise route. You can always run a, a nice route. So uh, I'm I'm always perfect that crap, uh, regardless of what the age. Uh, that's just something I just believe in. I think that I can. Uh, if it come down to it, I have to show them how I need that route to be ran. I don't have an issue with it. Wow. Coach, you still, I'm sorry, you still look like you could get out there and, and, and give a great effort. Just, <laughs> just by opinion. Well, well you know, Coach, effort, effort is free now. Effort is free. Uh, you, you don't have to be given that. That just got to come from within. So, of course, I'm going to give a great effort. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that one. Yep, it's the effort. That's right. That's right. We're visiting with Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at, at, at Southern University now. Coach, uh, tell me if you agree or disagree. And it's all right if you disagree. I have this theory that going into fall camp, most coaches kind of have an idea of who the stars going to be, but they still want competition there. But the biggest thing is who can who's going to be the number twos and who could come in if there's an injury or what have you that could come in and don't have a big drop off. If is is that kind of a 
your, your, your theory, you kind of know who's going to be number one, but the biggest battles in camps may perhaps be for, for backups, the number twos? You know, uh, everyone that knows me and knows me well, I, I write a depth chart almost every day. I write a depth chart every day. I, I, I believe in just writing a depth chart every day. But, you know, we tell our players starting is only one play. You know, starting mm-hmm. is only one play. So we, we, we also prime our guys that are twos. They are starters as well. Uh, because we, we like to uh, run multiple plays on offense. Uh, I'm trying to get 100 snaps. So there's not one individual that can take 100 snaps and be effective. So, therefore, we're preparing uh, multiple teams to be ready to go. So we don't want to drop off. We feel we got guys that can come in and play, and it's the same guy. So, you know, starting is just that that first play. So our twos, and, and I can go as far as saying our threes, is, is, uh, is going to be prepared to play. Interesting. Visiting with uh, Coach Eric Dooley, head football coach at Southern uh, University. Uh, coach, uh, when I saw you at Media Day, I, I showed you a, a, a picture. And I know, you know, everyone talks about the, the drip, Coach Drip. Uh, that's the name that's been used. Uh, look good, play good. I'm, I'm going to see if AD, the producer, I showed you this picture. And I want to say you said working on it. Uh, if AD, we could put that pitch up of a future helmet. Boy, you talk about coordination and, and, and the possibilities you can do um, with that helmet. It, it, it was a Columbia blue helmet. Um, how impactful would that be to have multiple, multiple uh, uniforms? I, I know it cost. There we go. I happen to love it. You know, that's just me. But, uh, Coach, uh, maybe something we could see in the future. I love it. I I I had that picture maybe four months ago, five when I first got here, uh, and mm-hmm. again working on it. <laughs> I can tell you that working <laughs> on it. <laughs> Man, that, I mean that I can see that in the. Uh, would you go with the blue jersey and the blue pants? Wow, I just love it. Hey. So a I beautiful like, I, flash. I like it. Uh, we definitely working on. We 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 definitely want to have multiple helmets. Yes, sir. Um, coach, the um, fall camp official start. What what day is it? August the what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna check in August the second, and our first practice will be August third. Will it be? Um, I know some coaches like to do a, a split. Opening couple of days, upperclassmen, newcomers, freshmen, but that's everybody's going to hit the field for the first practice together, correct? Yeah, our freshmen have been here all summer, so the butterflies and all those things are out. They've been here all summer. They understand. They, they <laughs> they face, so they're here. So uh, now nah, we'll, we'll hit the hit the field uh, on the third as one. The third as one. Well, uh, Coach, I, I'll say this in, in our closing. I got a chance to uh, interview your special team. I call them specialists from the long snapper uh, to Griffin, kickoff specialist, uh, Luke Jackson. And I did that because a lot of times we hear that that's important. But I wanted the, the audience to feel that they're also, you know, hey, a big part of the team, special teams, kickoff returns, punt returns. How crucial is that? 
you know, special teams going to win you a lot of games, uh, especially when you prepare for them. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a, a big it's a big phase of the game, just like offense and defense. Uh, it can win the game for you, but it can also lose the game for you. Uh, so we're big on special teams. You know, we're, we're not that team that have special team at the end of practice. No, special teams is throughout practice. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, they don't get a chance to to go into their own little world because they're not – I mean, they're involved in the offensive unit, uh, defensive unit when we're doing certain things. It may be a team period. Then it may be a special team period, maybe another period, then another special team period. So they're very involved throughout the whole practice uh, from start to finish. So they don't get a chance to say, well, I, I can go into my own world. Now they're a part of this team, and it's huge to me, and, and those guys understand that. So we work it, uh, we work it a whole lot. Well, uh, on that note, um, I was going to ask you about, uh, you know, future needs as far as your football team, but I think you have to just focus on, on this season um, before asking you that question, uh, what are your needs going to be for uh, uh, next year? But, uh, Coach, uh, best of uh, luck um, coming back to Southern University. I think the excitement – is there and uh, this 2022 football season should be uh out, outstanding Fi- final closing comments for you coach well i, I thank you guys for having me on and uh just to always display uh display the jaguar nation and talk about them but we're very very excited uh i, I do want guys to uh to get their season books it's going to be an exciting season for us uh we want to be able to pack the stands i know we pack a lot of other folks stands but we gotta we gotta pack uh uh, Mumford Stadium. Uh, it's going to be an exciting thing for us. Come see the new look Jaguars. Uh, we're excited about it and see what we have to display. I think it's going to be a show, though. Coach, uh, I'm sorry. Lance, tell me about – I heard you mention uh, on several occasions about the tempo of your football team. Is is it going to be kind of like basketball on a football field as far as the tempo? Yeah. Absolutely. We play basketball on the football field. That's what we're doing, up and down. Uh, we're going wow. to be fast. We're going to be fast and physical. That's what we like. We like tempo. And that's the purpose of having depth. You got to have depth because you got to be able to move. Uh, we believe in getting around. So uh, we're going to do some things fast. Our defense play fast. Our special team play fast. And uh, our offense play fast. So it's just around the table. And we understand uh, what we're looking for and how to get it done. So I thought the team picked it up well. Uh, we still got a ways to go. We still got some things we got to work on. I don't think they would ever get as fast as I want them to be, but uh, they're on the right street. I can say that. Wow. Coach Dooley, if I didn't know any better, I think you you went to some uh, classes with Coach Ben Joe. He said he gets up 100 <laughs> shots in the game. He's, he's going to win. And, and, and do this. Tell your staff, uh, continue to grind and keep up the good work. And Coach Graves had a, a recent procedure. Uh, we wish a speedy recover for him as well. Yeah, uh, Coach Gray had us, uh, you know, always praying for him. But I told him he's not coming to camp. You can't make the club in the tub. So he, we gonna we gonna <laughs> keep him out of camp. Uh, we got we got coaches on uh, on the list that's not coming in. But no, Coach Gray, he's up. He's doing well. He, he uh, he's been in the office. Um, he's ready to go. He excited. Uh, you know, you can't keep coach. That might. He's, he won't be as loud, but he's going to still be loud and, and up-tempo and ready to go. Uh, that That's just a little bump in the road, and he's ready to, he's ready to roll now. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful statement. You're right. It's not going to stop him. You would have to 
have the uh, <laughs> some heavy-duty equipment to keep him out. Uh, Coach, uh, you continue to be safe, you and your family, and appreciate the time. And uh, we will uh, get a chance to see you later on. Go Jags, and uh, appreciate Thank your you time, guys. Coach. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. All Go right. Jags. Go Jags. That was Coach Eric Dooley. We appreciate uh, uh, him making the adjustment uh, to, to come on. We've had to make several adjustments on this show, so we uh, we appreciate everyone sticking in with us. I want to thank uh, uh, Roy being the producer to start us off, A.D. Drew, uh, the middle innings and the closer on today's show. Charles, let's get ready to wrap it up. It's uh, 1.50 Central Standard Time. Uh, your, your thoughts of Coach Dooley? Man, I, I need to call Coach McNair and say, Coach, we we we, we got to make that trip uh, across the hump. I mean, I mean, we know what Dooley's offenses are all about. We uh, even at Prairie View, you know, getting up as many plays as you can, and and he's got the pieces to do it. And uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting if you if you get it going against Florida Memorial and then a good showing against LSU. I think <clears throat> I think the Jaguar Nation is gonna be very pleased with what they have going. I mean, I, I felt Dooley was the right guy for the job. He came in hitting the ground running, getting the right staff, a lot of Southern flavor, a lot of SWAC flavor, a lot of Louisiana flavor. And I think, you know, if you follow Southern and you love them, and I know a lot of people do, I think Dooley's made all the right moves. We'll, we'll see how it pans out on, on the football field. But uh, I was very impressed with, uh, with, with what he was saying there. Just I think it's going to add to the intrigue of the Western Division. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting 2022 football season. Thanks to everyone who uh, tuned in and watched us. Uh, We appreciate you. That's going to do it. Make sure you join me, as always, every Saturday from most times, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. You you, you see this guy with 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 the chant, oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. Until next time, peace and God bless.